You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. Yo, VIP. It's been a little bit of a long day, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's another episode of Dry Ice. As always, it's your host, at Tyrese Younger, and this is the show where we don't smoke fucking mids. I am, I am, I have a couple cool people on today. First of all, I want to say um, this is the first episode we've had where my co-host, um, the official Christian Brown, hasn't been here. He's away on some business, but we have the plus one who we've mentioned in every single episode as an off an off-screen sort of personality. We have Alex, so say what's up to the people. Hey guys, thank you for having me on, Ty. It's a pleasure to be on and invited. Um, And, you know, I'm just happy to be here and talk about some weed with some really cool people. Right. So if you guys don't know, we have two um, just cannabis gods um, among us today. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves because they're going to do a much better job than I would even attempt to. So gentlemen, please. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Sergio Bacazzo co-founder, CEO of Cultivated Genetics at Cultivated underscore the custodian. Thank you for having us, guys. Absolutely. All right. My name is uh, Joe Semino. I'm the uh, founder of uh, Good Greens. We are a cultivation, uh, about to launch, a, drop a uh, flower line pretty soon and uh, hopefully about the next uh, few months. So really looking forward to that. That's awesome. I love that. So the other day we were actually down and uh, Alex and I, G as he's referred to on the show, um, we were down at your grow and we saw some stuff. We walked around. We were blessed with some some absolute fire um, that has been helping us get some great naps here in the, mid, in the middle of the day and, and stuff like that. So we, we appreciate that, keeping us medicated. But I, I have a question. So I want to I jump right into this because I, I think I have a, an interesting kind of perspective on this whole cannabis industry just because um, I don't grow and I don't really know that much about, you know, genetics and things like that. And you guys do both of those things and know both of those things. Um, so coming from your your standpoint, and you, you obviously are interested, um, we just had a conversation, um, you know, off the mics about just like the importance of of how things used to be a little bit and just like how things have changed. And so being an influencer, it's kind of my job to promote what is going to get companies sales, right? So I have to take what they think is going to look good and and I promote that. And so I want to know what you guys' opinion on that is the influencer market and how that's kind of affecting how you guys might have to grow things or, or if there's any difference at all, if you're just doing what, what you always have kind of done or, or how things have, have changed. Sure. I'd love to jump into that. <clears throat> it's a great question. Very, I can go, I can go a couple different ways with this. I want to start off with saying that the brands are a reflection of their founders, right? So you got to pay attention to who's narrating the story of their brand. When you start to see storylines drift too far from who actually is running that company or who's who's developing the storyline, start questioning the product, Yeah, right? This is, this is really where Joe and I really latched onto each other was knowing that the process was so passion-driven with a lot of the curation and, and just the care that goes into it. So building as, as an influencer, right? I think the biggest part is latch on to the brands that you want to narrate. Yeah, latch on to the people that sure. you believe into, right? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of people in this industry that are doing a wonderful job with narrating their brand. And, you know, that, that's, that's really what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to link up and pay homage to, the, to everybody that's built this legacy industry that we're in here trying to do what we're doing. We all have our own path of how we got here. 
but most importantly is what we're doing to progress and and level each other up along the way yeah absolutely I think that that's so cool. And you want to touch on? Yeah, and you know, you know, I think one of the important things you got to remember too is it doesn't matter what industry you're in or what business you're in. There's marketing involved on some level anyway. And you know, for like a lot of stuff, you know, brands are kind of a you know, as Sergio touched on, a reflection of the founder, but it's also a reflection of kind of who we want to represent out to the world too. So, you know, I, I think. It, one of the most important things, though, through at the end of the day, though, is to be consistent in your product. Yeah. Right? And you make sure that stuff kind of aligns with what you want to put out and what you want to do. So, Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things, too, just, you know, from an in influencer standpoint is that integrity is really important. So I was actually having a conversation with somebody the other day who's, who's an influencer and, and does the whole cannabis thing. And they were actually telling me that what they literally do is they buy weed that they actually want to smoke and enjoy and they'll just put it in the packages for the posts and whatever. And I, I literally think that that's like one of the grossest things that you can do. I mean, just like, because we have to establish fan bases and followings and things based on who we genuinely are. And I think to misrepresent something like that is, is just really, really wrong. And the thing is, is like, I think that as an influencer market that we need to, we need to switch and stray away from, you know, just like what looks the, the cloudiest or whatever, and just posting what everybody else is posting and, and I think that what we need to do is just latch on, like you guys said, to brands that we actually care about and things that we actually want to smoke and 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 that are grown by people that that actually put in the time and the dedication and caring into their product that matches and reflects what we do with our content and the same level of care that we put into what we do. And I think so many people just, oh, you're gonna you're gonna give me an ounce, cool. I'll say whatever you want. I'll do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. And then they're just gonna turn around. They're gonna sell it or whatever. Um, and I just think that coming from you guys it's just so important to for me personally to have made a connection that I feel is with people that are cool and genuine and and just do the right things and navigate this industry in in the right way you, you touch on a lot of good things there man and and one of the biggest things is integrity right we know that there's a lot of a lot of different genetics out there we know that there's a, a, a big representation of those genetics in different formats right indoor outdoor it's always going to come out a little bit different what happens is the consistency, right? The cultivators that know how to recreate that genetic for consistency so that they could have a re, you know, a, a, another proper experience for whoever does invest in that product. That's really where, again, going back to where Joe showed me a different path of what the, you know, the genetic potential with a lot of these different um, cultivars are that we have is the consistency. And that's using data analytics, using, you know, all these different tools that can actually help recreate that genetic potential for that particular cultivar. So consistency and authenticity is really, I mean, that's that's the foundation of this thing. I mean, everybody has a exactly. bad run. We all have bad runs. Absolutely. Right? So it's it's actually what's going to end up in a jar representing your brand or what's going to go off into the white the the wholesale space. You yeah. know, you know, there there's a level of quality that I think is getting forgotten along the wholesale space. And you know, the, I, I think that just comes along the times with the immature market right now. You know, we're still learning what is actually good. Well, I guess from a consumer standpoint, do they know? Do we know as a consumer what is considered good quality bud? I'm not sure. You know, right. I think that's up to us to educate. Up to you guys to consume and 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 understand a lot of these different flavor profiles. Understand the different uh, the different brands and their curing processes, and if they even you know have any sort of terpene saver packaging or whatever it might be. Right. So just going back to that whole experience from a consumer side of things that's where i i'm i'm starting to learn a little bit more about 
what it's like at the dispensary, right? Because I don't do a lot of dispensary shopping knowing that I'm, I'm more on the backside of the business and, you know, having great relationships with our cultivation partners, I get to see a lot of flour without having to go into the dispensary right. to consume that. So when you hit me up on IG, I mean, that was cool. I was like, oh shit, this guy's actually in the space from the, from the dispensary side. I would love to learn from him. So that's, that's why we all linked up, right? Got you over to Good Greens and you know, that's really where I'm excited to learn more about the, that side of the industry from you because we know we know what good quality bud is, yeah. right? But does the consumer. So how do we educate? How do we continue to go down that path of, of proper education? And is it, ju- is it good just because it's in a creative Mylar bag with, the, with a couple of influencer or rappers behind it? You know, and that's that's kind of what we're trying to address here and really going over the whole terpene experience and entourage effects and, yeah. you know, which, you know, understanding what the proper lineage is of that particular product that you purchased. There's a lot of misnaming and, and renaming of genetics out there. Oh, and yeah. I'm, you know, do, do what you got to do to keep your door open, I guess. But that's that's not what we're here for. We want to make sure that there is truth behind the product that you're putting out there. That's why we work with the breeders. That's why we work with cultivators that are true and integ- you know, integrity is a part of their actual process. It's I actually am in, like, in a weirdly unique position to have some insight on that that question you asked, does, does the consumer know what good weed is? And I think that like actually jet, here the culture is different, but I'm from Massachusetts and so, and I, and I kind of have a look into what's going on there right now. We came from a really small group of really small towns um, where there's not a lot of money. And so people, what they'll do is they'll actually just like, hit up whoever out here and they'll buy bulk, you know, eighth bags from, from cookies or, or even stuff's been happening with Ziki and ice cream where they're, they're finding a way to purchase the packaging and then they're buying some disgusting, you know, trash lowers, whatever, throwing it in the bag and saying, Oh, this is some Cali gas, whatever. And they're get they're getting $65, whatever. And, and it's because it's solely because of the package and the hype. And because this person, you know, mentioned it in the song, or he said whatever, and now I, I get to be a part of that. And and so much of it is really branding. And that's what I'm passionate about. That's what I think that I bring that's different to the space is that I actually care. Like, I don't want to smoke stuff that's gross. And that's why I, I take the time to seek out people who I think are actually doing it right and people who I think actually care um, because I don't know a lot of stuff. And so I, I actively seek out the education and the information so that I can... I can better know what I'm doing because I have, you know, hundreds and thousands of people who, who look to me daily for opinions and, and whatever, whether it's YouTube or TikTok or the show or, or Instagram, whatever. So many people come to me and I think that it's, it's such a gross disservice and such a waste of all the time that I've put, had to put in to grow those things to, to then lie to them, you know, just to get a bag or whatever. I just, I think that at the end of the day, what you guys are doing is so special and so powerful and meaningful because you're actually taking the time to do it right. And that's why relationships like this are so cool that they exist and the potential exists in the cannabis industry or in any industry is that people can come from different worlds or different walks of life or spaces or whatever and be in unique positions to help each other out. Whereas I can reach people where I, I can I can think, you know, that I can sway them or, or inspire them to understand that there is something better and that if there's a you know difference in pricing or whatever, that it's just genuinely worth it to get what is, what has, you know, put, you guys have put your heart into what you're doing, into what you're growing and into all that. And I think, and I think that that's what makes it so special. That's what makes it so cool is that you guys are doing that. And, and I think that the world needs to see that and needs to know that that exists and that it's out there. And it's not just, we 
you know, paid this guy to color our bags and they're awesome and they're going to fly off the shelves because of how cool they look and and then you open the bag and it's whatever and you just smoke it and you don't care and it's awful and gross and it smells awful and it tastes awful and and people just don't care and that's what i think that you guys are bringing you're bringing that level of caring so, so you touched on something there from a consumer side point right if i if i make an investment and if i don't like it i mean it, you're going in there guessing right because you can't you the I mean, talk to me about the sampling experience. Can you actually, you know, open a jar or no. do they have a sample no, process? I can't really speak to what was going on before COVID and they they might have made it more difficult to look at this stuff um, because of COVID. But when I first got to California, it was in Santa Cruz right, like right after COVID started before anybody really know, knew what was going on, like April, March of whatever year that was. I lose track of time super, super easily. But um, well, so when that happened, I, I came out to Santa Cruz and, and at that time there was a few dispensaries where you could go in and they would actually let you take the top off. You could smell, you couldn't touch it, but you could smell it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you could look at it and you at least had that ability. But now, I mean, you, you literally look at the box and you say, okay, that's $75 an eighth. That's probably gas. I'm going to buy that. And then, you know, they have no refunds obviously and stuff like that. So you buy it and then it, it's trash and you had you had no way of knowing and that then the money's gone do, do, do me a favor define gas are you talking about something that's loud and pungent or something that's actually fuel aromatic um so when I, when I say that I just mean like and this is probably just due to lack of education too which is why this is a cool moment I actually when I say that I just refer to something that is just all around like just like fire meaning like it just it looks good it smells good so it's just and loud. It's, gonna, it's gonna smoke great yeah yeah okay. yeah so and so you don't have you don't have that ability ice cream right now um, and this is completely unbiased regardless of my relationship with them um, I think they're one of the only dispensaries that are really doing it right from that standpoint because they when you go in they have these two tables and it's just a bunch of clear jars mm-hmm. with all the nugs in the jar and they have the shelves on the side that have all the bags but the bags cool. are empty so you can judge, you can go look at the bag, oh, that's a cool bag, whatever. But if you want to find the weed, you have the ability to go over. On the table, it's all labeled with the pricing, and you can actually look at it. And it has a magnifying glass. You can see, you know, you can really get the details and whatever. And then it has, like, little holes in it. You can actually pick it up, and you can smell it. So that's the closest thing that you can get. But other places, like, well, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't like, I'm not going to talk shit. But other places, you, you just go in, and I've seen literally, so a jar of weed inside a box that you can't see inside in like behind a glass case it's just a complete guess and all you see is and all you see is the price i've the most i've ever spent on an eighth is 115 dollars pre-tax and it was probably i i literally gave it away like it was the harshest thing ever i just i could not get through it definitely had similar experiences um i think i paid like 90 pre-tax or something ridiculous but again i'm I'm not here to throw shade i'm just going back to the the point of like the consumer doesn't know any better right there like there's a lot of buyer's remorse that i'm sure that's happening that's leaving a lot of sour taste in people's mouth but they're latched onto the branding and again they're they're assuming that this is what good quality bud should be you know i mean uh one thing for me about evaluating other people's flowers is like show me what's under the hood like if you're gonna if you're willing to allow me into your spot and actually show me it you know look Sergio said before we don't we're not all like perfect right we don't, we're not all perfect 100 percent of the time you know we all have bad runs but to be able to say hey you know this is my best or this is my best and actually show people and hey you know i'm being transparent here you know 
I think that's a huge deal for me because at the end of the day, you know, maybe that strain isn't your specific flavor, but at the end of the day, it's still like going to be like good quality, consistent flour. Right, right, right. So you kind of know what you're getting, right? So Yeah, absolutely. And I think that too, like the consumer doesn't know the difference, but the people I think for the most part that are growing it, that are selling it, that are behind the companies, I think that they do know the difference. And I think that that's what the disservice is because because they know that there's an, a level of ignorance in the people that they're selling to. And and I feel that they're taking advantage of them because it's just easier for them to cut corners, make a product that's less, that's, you know, not as high quality as what it could be, and then still selling it for the same price and then taking advantage of the people's ignorance because they just don't know any better. And that, that's the thing that I think is what's wrong because it's not like they're smoking the stuff that they're selling. I mean, everybody, everybody knows that. Everybody has, you know, their head stashed or whatever. So it's like, even even that in and of itself, it's like you know that you're taking something that's better for yourself and then you're telling everybody else that it's great. And and people in the marketing world don't like to look at it as lying, but like I'm a pretty clear-cut person and I think that deceiving people is like fucked up for lack of a better term. And I just, I don't think that you should do that. But I mean, that's what's so great about having gone to your grow and stuff. And like before, I mean, nugs aside, like literally if there was no nugs there at all and we just saw the grow itself and just listen to you talk about the grow. I I already knew from that that there was going to be a certain level that it was going to be just because of how much you cared about what you were doing. And and that's what like that was what was really cool to me because I was like honestly I can't I don't know a way that this could suck because of how much that this person like how much stock this person has put into what they're doing and like how much how much care and time and effort and energy and, and investment has been made here. And when you can see that level of care, I think that that's when you know that, that you have something that's, that's real. You know, uh, I, I appreciate all that, man, but you know, you know, I'm definitely consider myself kind of like a pot snob dude, right? Like I always want to smoke the fire. I'm always, you know, seeking it out. And you know, like I, want to smoke fire, dude, if I'm going to grow it, I want to be able to smoke it, dude. And like, that's what For I'm always sure. trying exactly. to like, kind of achieve. Right. Right. So like, I always want to be able to say, Hey, you know, like, you know, I'm smoking my own stuff. Why look, dude, I, there's plenty of better flower that I see out there, dude. Like, I'm not saying I'm the best, but like, I just know that, Hey, like my stuff is, you know, it's consistent, right. It's, yeah. it's, it's at a level that I'm cool with. So. Right. Right. And that's why good greens as a brand is going to make an impact. It's grown by a cultivator. That's going to smoke his own product. Yeah, I mean that—that's the consistency that you know really is is exciting, and that's how we can start to educate a little bit more about what is considered a quality run versus you know this run had a little bit of challenge in it. So yeah, it wasn't my best run, but does it deserve to be on the top shelf with the top shelf prices, or is it going to be more at a mid tier price right. with a different brand? Not necessarily a different brand, but hey, it's good, but it's not this. So as a consumer, would you pay for this knowing that the 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 cultivator? is vouching that yes this is my top shelf or b this is a this is a decent run it's still good it's still good but it's not this right exactly exactly and that's like the kind of quality that people are trying to look for in today's society because when you really look at it it's like when you go in you're trying to smoke only the gases stuff the best stuff right there and when you go up you're looking at all these prices and if you're just looking at a box you're kind of gauging it there but if you know a product is smoked by the grower and you know that that is the stuff that he grows, he puts his love into, and at the end of the day, he says it's his top shelf. I would rather go with that than some random box that I don't even know what's in there. And well, you'd be exactly. happy to pay for that too, right? Exactly. You'd pay premium for that. I think a lot of people would as well. 
And that's the thing too that I think is where this kind of crosses over. And I think that's why this is such a dope connect is because I, I care that much about the fan base and stuff that I grow. And, I, and like I, I put in a lot of work that a lot of people don't do when it comes to like responding to comments and messages and, and whatever and like the networking aspect. And the thing is, is that what I'm trying to build with that community is that they know that if I am saying that this is something that's good, that it's something that, that like I smoke, that I enjoy, that they are going to know that first of all, that that has a certain level that it must be and that they're going to trust that I'm saying that because it's, it's actually real. It's not because I got, I got a check for it or whatever. It's because it's genuinely what I enjoy. So, so that's, I'm so stoked that you said that because that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm curating all the flour that's going into my Smalls brand that we're collaborating with. So Joe's flour is going into my Smalls brand because that's the shit that I actually want to consume. That's the stuff that right. I'm saying, hey, this checks all my boxes. It deserves to be in this curated jar of Smalls. Exactly. Right? And so that's really what what's exciting about that is we bring in a lot of genetics. Selfishly, I'm looking at certain genetics that I would <laughs> like to consume. So that's what's coming through the menu. But again, a lot of it comes back to what's the market want? What are we doing to support our cultivation partners to make sure that they can sell that flour once it's harvested? Right. The big problem right now, I don't want to go too far off this topic, but I'm going to come back to that. The market right now is demanding purple and gassy. Yep. Now, gassy is a loose term. Is it just loud or is it actual fuel notes coming out of that that pack? So if it's not purple and gassy, the wholesale market's definitely having a challenge moving it, right? If it's not colorful, it's not having that, that loud profile. It's definitely putting a damper on a lot of people's businesses. My heart goes out to people that are in that position right now that are struggling. Hell, it's impacted us from a nursery perspective. Right. I mean, a lot of our I don't want to say a lot of our genetics, but there's uh, there's quite a few of them that didn't check the purple and gassy box. So that was that was creating a bottleneck of, of, of genetics demand. And and now we had to pivot. We're bringing in more stuff that is going to cater to the market because this is an extreme shift that I personally haven't seen before. A lot of people that we're talking to are seeing, you know, some pretty crazy flower prices right now. But again, going back to the, the main point is that, the you know, having having that quality of curation is, is really where me, I, I take pride in that. That's why Smalls is something that it's, it's more of a passion project to really be able to support our cultivation partners that have put in the, the legwork to do a quality run. The cool thing is I've seen that entire run throughout its process. You know, Joe's gracious enough to have me buy pretty regularly. And, uh, you know, I get to see it. And I'm like, damn, this is this shit's turning out fire. Yeah. Like, I can't wait for this to get harvested and trimmed up because, Joe, please earmark those Smalls. I'm going to be taking those. So, I mean, that's, that's really what's happening here. And that's why we're on this show right now to talk about the Smalls um, Cherry Dositos drop that, that we're actually launching this week. Um, and then we're also going to be launching the Orchata. That's going to be dropping probably within the next couple of weeks. Just got to get some, some logistics ironed out first. But again, it's a curation. And that's yeah. really what we want the consumer to see is like the wholesale side of the guys, the, you know, the guys behind the, the cultivation. I want them to see this as a good valued product. But it's also like, all right, this is a good, this was a good run. Let's package that up. That's what we're trying to accomplish. Right. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. And uh, we wanted to uh, thank you guys for letting us smoke on that stuff pretty early. And I just want to say throughout the entirety of it that that was some of the best weed I have ever smoked in my life. And it was just all around a great high i was really active usually when i smoke i just pass out but i was like really able to move around stuff like that heck i walked all the way down to rite aid on the corner there and got myself snacks that and came true. back <laughs> i was true. like that motivated and i was like this is amazing 
I will say it had the opposite effect of on me. I was stuck very deeply in the couch, and that's why I forced him to walk to Rite Aid <laughs> uh, because we we definitely needed some snacks. But I, I have a question, and correct me if this is a, a horrendous analogy for kind of you guys' relationship a little bit of, you know, just your jobs and, and what you're doing. But is it almost like the genetics are, are almost like the script and obvious, or, or a book, a novel, let's say, and you have an image of what the movie would be. You have an idea of it, but obviously when you write a book, you have to find the right director to produce it in the way that you feel is the best potential. And is that a little bit of what, of what Joe does where he, he brings that novel to life and, and, he, and he makes the movie that you feel as though is the, the, you know, the best thing that you can get from, from your work. That, that is a great analogy, and yeah, I would agree. I mean, Joe's bringing out the most genetic potential of the genetics that I'm seeing. And, yeah. and again, this, this, is, uh, this is just a consistency thing, right? Joe understands his, his environment. He understands his lights. He understands the data metrics that go into that. Right, crop, and people hear about crop steering. They're saying, "What the fuck is that?" But it's really understanding what your plant needs. So yeah. Joe's understanding and his, and his ability to pivot that cultivar's needs in the middle of the, of the growth cycle is is crucial. Mm. I mean, it, it's pretty wild to think that he's taken those kinds of risks to push it to the limit, but not oversteering it to a shit quality level. Yeah. Right? There's people that take advantage of crop steering and go way too vegetatively, so that it gets more weight on the product once it's done, but it looks like shit. It's not producing as much trichome coverage. It's getting airy and larfy, and that's just boof. Yeah. You know, people can take oh, yeah. people exactly. can go really, yeah. really uh, aggressive with the crop steering. But again, this goes back to what Joe's envisionment of that particular cultivar is: understanding the lineage. That's that's why it's important to actually have true to type, true to type genetics, so you can recycle the knowledge that you have from one particular parent and put that into play of what to expect if you're running something for the first time. So data analytics is what it comes back to and yeah. repeating that process. Joe can grow something here in California. He can grow something in Spain. It's going to come out the same if he has the same environmental control, has the same inputs, has the same metrics. Yeah, you know, I think one of the most important things, you you know, it's it's like true type genetics because, you know, fire in equals fire out. You know, at the end of the day, if you don't have the, you know, like a legit genetic you're just never going to, it doesn't matter if you're the best grower in the world, you're never going to be able to get something like fire out of it. And sure. it's where you're kind of getting to see all these breeders that Sergio's working with and that I'm like at the end of the day getting access to, you know, it's pretty sweet to be able to get to like run all this stuff and see how things are changing. It's right. pretty wild. Yeah, no, that, that sounds amazing. And like I said, everything that we saw and tried was genuinely incredible. And we smoke and see a bunch, a bunch of flour. And like he said, and I will attest, it was definitely some of the best that we've we've ever had. But my question is, I think, so So a lot of it is genetics, but let's say that you have an, an inexperienced grower, but they get, you know, the, the best genetics, like absolute crazy fire stuff. It, does that plant still have potential to come out horrendous? Yeah, I, oh, absolutely, dude. I mean, look, dude, I, like straight up, I've made more mistakes. You know, I've, you know, killed lots of plants. I've grown, you know, like, you know, shit happens, man. You know, right. you, you know, things happen that are out of your control that kind of can ruin crops or, and, you know, you know, it, any, you know, if you have some fire genetics, yeah. 
I mean, it's going to be a range of people are going to grow different ways. That makes sense. And you're going to see different quality levels and different, you know, some people are going to get more weight, some people are going to get less weight. Some people are going to get better quality, less quality. What you're trying to ideally do is get the most amount of weight with the best amount of quality, right? Sure. So, yeah, that's kind of the end goal, right? So Exactly, yeah. And here's a question about, about growing. Okay, so something that I really like to watch on YouTube or whatever is when they have a bunch of people who are relatively the same skill level at something and they all interpret the same thing in a different way, whatever. So it's like if they have, you know, a, a beat and they'll have to rap on it or, or something, but it's, it's the same beat and they all have the same, you know, words that they can pick from, but they all have some, they all get something completely different, but it's all usually pretty fire. Now, so let's say you have another grower um, that, that is the same level as you who gets, you know, the same genetics, the same, the access to the same things. You guys, let's say, grow the same, the same strain. Um, how many variations are there going to be in that just based on, on just the way that you two do things differently? Or how, is it going to be the same thing because you, because you both are at a certain level? You know, look, you've probably come across this where you can see strains that are consistent, right? Like you see, I don't know, like OG Kush, like, you know, OG Kush, you know, OG Kush, right? Or sour, right? Like, yeah. you know, so... But, you know, you can see different differences in those strains, man. I, I think in theory, yeah, you know, we could probably, given everything's the same, get pretty close to it, you yeah. know, time after time. But, you know, it's that consistency and making sure that that stuff is there on point. And look, at the end of the day, there are small variations in your crops, right? Like, you know, maybe, you know, your plants are a little different height or, you know, things happen and your timing's off. So you kind of got to adjust a little bit as you're going along. But, you know, again, it's just about trying to be consistent as, you know, as consistent as possible. Yeah. Now, with somebody that puts so much care into, into I mean, both of you, into picking the genetics and, and scouting for things and then actually putting the time into growing them to, to fruition and, and having the projects from start to finish, I just, I'm curious, and this, this might seem like a dumb question, but I genuinely wonder if there's people like this and if, if you might be, when you have flour that's just like, gorgeous like creme de la creme it's just beautiful do you how do you guys feel when people you know want to want to turn into a different you know product whether it be they want to turn into to hash or something is there a level where you're just like nah, we should just this should just stay flour it, it's I, I like the way that this is or is it always just like let's see what we can get out of it what what can we do with it you know what can what can it become you know, for me, like if people want your flour, you know, like that's a good thing. It doesn't matter what they want to use it for, man. Like, you know, if they want your flour, they want your flour. At the end sure. of the day, you've got to, you're producing something that people want. Like, that's all I'm looking for, man. Whatever you do with it, man, God bless you. Man. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. yeah. And, and, and there's certain genetics that will wash well, right? For, for, for hash or whatever you're going to do with it for concentrates. Certain genetics won't wash well, and that's that's just the reality. The trichome head structure is going to be a little bit different. Some are yeah. a little bit more frosty, you know. So, I mean, the, the hash producers are seeking out certain genetics that will wash. Right, yeah. You know, I, I don't know how much you guys, you know, smoke oil, but the best oil is always made from great flour that has great terps, right? So, you know, like good hash makers are always looking for, you know, fire flour. Yeah, the right. best yeah. upcoming yeah. stuff. They always want to put that in because, you know, you're assuming you're taking, like, something that's already fire, and if you combine it into something else, that it will still make it fire. So it's like it always takes the best to get the best. Mm -hmm. That's it. Fire in, fire out. True, 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 true. Well, time flies when you're having fun, and somehow 
that is all the time that we have for today's episode of Dry Ice. I want to thank you all so much for coming on. Uh, Alex, thank you for stepping up and taking the co-host chair today. I appreciate that. And yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. And thank you guys so much for, first of all, you know, blessing us and then also coming on and, and then blessing the audience with all the information that you guys have to share. And and I just I look forward to seeing what we might be able to to do moving forward aside from the show and everybody that you know follows me on on whatever you follow me on um just stay tuned and follow everybody else that's on the that's on the show as well because i think that if not together there's going to be some great things that are coming that you need to be on the lookout for and and you know like sergio said before joe's doing some absolutely crazy shit they're both doing some crazy shit and and it's going to really start shaking things up i think when people when people see the passion come to market and um and that's that's how I think we're gonna leave it. So if you two fine gentlemen would like to leave the audience with anything, um, just to wrap it up, I will leave the floor for you. Uh, I just want to say uh, much love to you guys. I mean, much love to Sergio and dude Tyrese and Alex. Man, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely a pleasure being on the show with you guys and getting to know you a little bit more. I know we're gonna leave an impact moving forward with each other because that's what we're gonna leverage each other. We're gonna level each other up. You guys have a tremendous amount of knowledge of the industry that we're not exposed to. And I want that that knowledge to be shared, vice versa. And Absolutely, that's, that's how we all grow as an industry. For sure. But, and I also want to say shout out to the whole cultivated familia. Love you guys. Couldn't do this without y'all. Thank you. Absolutely, guys. And as always, this has been Dry Ice. Don't fucking smoke mitts. Never smoked them once. Never will. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network. Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.